It's no secret that women have had to fight their way up the ladder of success, all while being pushed down by the men at the top. It's also no secret that women hold more power and wealth in their careers and lives today than ever before. I've always thought I was born with a leader's mindset as I bulldozed my way up the corporate ladder in my early 20s and never looked back. Join me on today's episode of the Unspoken Cycle podcast as we talk about the courage and confidence it takes to soar to the top, not climb. And as we learn just how to wear professional empowerment with our heads held high in order to claim our stake at our table. Stay tuned, ladies. Welcome to the Unspoken Cycle podcast, where women of all ages and stages in life can find guidance and solace from life's everyday stresses. In each episode, we'll tackle a range of topics, including relationships, health, fertility, self-love, careers, mental illness, and more. Stay Stay tuned tuned. for valuable insights, personal anecdotes, and the comfort of knowing you're not not alone. alone. Here's your host, Leah Vaughn. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode of the Unspoken Cycle podcast. I am your host, Leah Vaughn. How are y'all doing this morning or afternoon or evening or whatever time it is where you are? I am actually recording this in the morning. So I've had my coffee. I've had my oatmeal. I love oatmeal, by the way. And yeah, I'm ready to go. How are you ladies doing? Well, I hope... So full transparency, it is very early in the morning on a weekday uh, for me this morning, and I've been really busy, and there's all sorts of things going on um, at home, and we've just got lots of plans coming up, so it's been a little challenging trying to find time to record. So I'm up at the butt crack of dawn today, and that's what I'm doing. I am here talking to y'all and trying to get my day started. I've got a busy work day ahead as well. So, you know, there's just going to be a lot on my plate today, but this is a fun way for me to kind of open up and loosen up and engage. And I prefer that. So I am excited that you're joining me today. If you're listening to today's episode, I hope that you find it empowering and encouraging because today I want to talk about how us women have to fight to rise to the top. And to me, it seems unfair to even say we have to fight for it, but we do. Men have always held powerful positions at the corporate table and they've held on to that power very tightly in their clenches. I think that women are well overdue to take control of that table and to step in and to be more of a part of the voice of the world and how it's run and what goes on. So yeah, I am definitely someone who is all for women's empowerment professionally. And in just a minute, I'll give you a little bit of insight into my background in corporate America and just professionally in general. And maybe you'll understand a little bit more why I'm so passionate about this. I am 43 years old and have held corporate management positions for the majority of my career. And that speaks to something. It means that I never took no for an answer. And I always found the value in fighting to better the situation and circumstances in my life to get to the top. 
And it's never been about like power and control for me. It's just always been about success. I am someone who appreciates success and I have my own idea of what success looks like for myself. And I've pushed for that. I've fought for that. I've been somebody who's stubborn, someone who feeds off of a challenge. Of course, I've sat in business interviews where I've been turned down or I've been told I'm not the right fit for whatever the position or situation was. And those things are discouraging. It's hard to hear no. It's hard to be rejected and feel that rejected. It makes you feel less than. It makes you feel like you're not worthy. Um, and it really just challenges your self-esteem, or at least that's how I have felt. But, you know, those situations have motivated the crap out of me. They have been situations where I have fought to prove to myself that I can do it and I can do better. So that's why I am where I am today. Before we go any further, here are the highlights of my resume. I will say I am extremely proud of everything that I have accomplished in my life, in my career, in my education, because I have had some really tough times in my life that I've had to survive. And mind you, a lot of what I'm going to share with you in just a moment happened at some point while I was in the midst of either an abusive relationship or a really tough adversity in my life. I have fought through to survive and continued to maintain success in my life. And so I just have to pat myself on the back for that. And if you're listening and you can relate, certainly give yourself a huge hug and give yourself the love and the accolades that you deserve because it's not easy to continue to put one foot forward when life is continuing to pull you down behind the scenes. So yeah. Anyways, all right, my resume. Um, at the age of 24, I managed an accounting department for a small manufacturing company. At the age of 27, I was a contact center manager for a Medicare call center on the East Coast, and I specifically oversaw pilot operations for over 500 customer service representatives and their supervisors. That was probably my most favorite job as far as challenge because number one, we had over 1,000 customer service representatives and over 50 supervisors that um, supervised the teams. And let me tell you, I was the youngest of all five of those contact center managers by several years. I was only 27 years old and many of them were in their 40s, 50s, and even older. And the challenges that came from that position, people didn't take me seriously. People thought I was sleeping around just to get to the top in the ma of the management in that company. It was really hard to prove myself, but I did. And unfortunately, there was a lot of hardship with that position, but I will never, ever, ever regret applying for and accepting it because the kind of visibility and experience I got in that position, I mean, I was introduced to government programs and how they ran behind the scenes. I met with senators and government officials from all over the United States. Um, it was on the East Coast, so a lot of them would come down from Washington, D.C. Just the amount of poise and professionalism that was required from me in that position at age 27 was amazing, and it really molded the way that I 
appreciated how I represented myself in my career. Okay, moving forward, age 31, I supervised a hospital contracting department for a multi-million dollar orthotics and prosthetics company on the West Coast. That was a challenging position because there were women in the company, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, who were very intimidated in the way that I was new um, to the company, came in, moved up very quickly, and there was some intimidation factor there. And I'll tell you, ladies, women can be really catty in corporate America. And unfortunately, there was an individual that made my life very hard there. But um, again, I'll talk about that later when it comes to working with men versus working with women. But I was extremely proud of myself in that position too, um, just because it was much more of a laid back environment, but I got to explore my career in a different way. And my voice was continuing to be heard and valued at a table with operations management and C-level executives. And I loved that. Fast forward, uh, I currently manage operations for a busy psychiatric center and TMS facility in Manhattan. And I do this all while running my own busy life coaching business, recording for my podcast and managing my podcast. And I also have several entrepreneurial projects on the side that I'm working on that have to do with my life coaching business and with the unspoken cycle. So I'm a very busy woman these days. I hold a lot of responsibility in my hands and I manage it all on a day-to-day basis. Some days are lighter in load and some days are heavier in load. Uh, busy and all of that. So that's what I do today. And I have done this for the last several years. As far as education and accomplishments, I have two degrees. I have an art degree in interior design and I have a psychology degree. I, many years ago, wanted to be the next Candace Olson. And if you are familiar with Candace Olson, she is an amazing interior designer. And I used to watch her show all the time on TV. And she motivated me. That's who I wanted to be like. So I went to school and I got a degree in interior design. And then I decided that that wasn't my thing professionally, that it was more of just kind of a hobby that I like to do. And so after I got that degree, I got a second degree in psychology. Unfortunately, I've never done anything with my interior design degree. I really only utilize it at home in my own private spaces. Sometimes I have friends or family who ask me for advice and tips about decorating things. And mind you, I'm no professional, but I do love it. I've always loved it. So it's just something fun. But I do wish I would have thought a little bit more about my future before I pursued my art degree. I also have five life coaching certifications that I earned in 2011. So yes, I have been a life coach since 2011 for the last 12 years. I am a certified youth parent family coach, a certified relationship coach, a certified business coach, a certified executive coach, and a certified bereavement coach. Today, I specialize in trauma healing and recovery and work mostly with individuals who have a history of trauma and who are survivors of domestic violence or sexual assault. So that is my history. I have created the Empower You program, which is a program for survivors of domestic violence, which teaches them how to 
thrive again after leaving a domestic violence relationship. Some women were financially abused, meaning that they didn't have their own bank account. They didn't manage their own money. They don't even know how to write a check or what a checkbook looks like or even how to use a debit card. So my Empower You program starts from the beginning. It teaches women who um, are not sure how to live again how to really thrive on their own from the very beginning. So we go over financials, we go over how to create a resume, we go over interview techniques and just things like paying your bills and budgeting and therapy and all sorts of stuff. And then I also created the Empower Youth Program for Teenage Survivors. Because I am a survivor of teenage uh, dating violence, it's important that our youth also know how to rise to the top after something really difficult like that in their lives. So those are the two programs that I have created as a result of being a certified life coach and just as a result of the life I've experienced and wanted to pay forward. And then I am, of course, the founder of The Unspoken Cycle, which is the community for women online. You can explore it for yourself at theunspokencycle.com. There's a ton of resources. I've got a blog up there. I have my favorite playlist filled with tons of great music from powerful, inspiring women. You can find books and great reads and magazine articles and also links to all of my podcast episodes. So that is the gist of my professional life and what I have done with my career and my education since I was in my early 20s. You're listening listening to The Unspoken Cycle with Leah Vaughn. Embrace your female within. So let's talk about some statistics. According to Zipia.com, so I am citing Zipia.com, Z-I-P-P-I-A, as my reference, 23% of executives around the world are women. So of all positions of power in the world, 23% are women. That's not enough, ladies. That number is not high enough. Alternatively, 29% of senior management, 37% of managers, 42% of professional roles, and 47% of support staff positions are held by women. In 2020, 30% of S&P board directors were women, which is a record high number for that position. Additionally, women make up 10.4% of Fortune 500 CEOs. 10.4%. That's just not high enough. These numbers sound great in comparison to what they were decades ago, but today, in my opinion, that's just not high enough. Why is it so important to have women in leadership? Because we bring diversity, number one, to the table. We bring different visions. We're able to relate in different ways. We are much less rigid as far as empathy and compassion towards people and situations than men are. We also bring perspective and we promote fairness and equality. These are all really important things that need to be injected into corporate America, that need to be injected into the business models around the world that only a woman can bring to the table. But why is it difficult for women to rise to the top? Why has it been so hard for us over the years to find our place? Well, number one, if we go all the way back 
to the beginning of the fight, we've always been expected to take care of the home and take care of the children first. So things like education and a busy corporate career in management or even at all, take us away from the home and the family. That stigma is still kind of out there. There are a lot of women today who struggle to find their balance between work life and home life. And now we even see a lot of women in their 30s and 40s who wanted to work so hard for their corporate career that they put that first. And now they're finding the desire to get married and settle down and have children. And on the flip side of that, they're finding a struggle in conceiving or a struggle in finding a lifelong partner at that age and stage in their life. So when it comes to family and home life versus career life and education life for women, there's always been a struggle in the way that we balance that, like a tug of war. Women also have less networking connections. Naturally, since men hold the majority of the positions at the top and run the majority of these companies around the world, they have more networking ability amongst each other. And because they're already tight-knit amongst each other, it's not very often that they let women in. We've not been afforded a position at the man's table. We just haven't. Our voices haven't been heard because men don't want to hear them. And because of that, women are less likely to be assertive, ask for promotions, bring new creative ideas to the table or even negotiate a raise. So because men have been in seats of power for so long, it's almost as if we're just conditioned to sit at the bottom, shut up, do our work, and deal with what we get. If we luck up and we are hired into positions of power or we're asked to provide our creative thoughts and ideas, you know, we should appreciate that. We're perceived as weak. We're perceived as unable to manage tough business situations. All of these things have made it so hard for us to rise to the top and for us to even take baby steps to the top. And it's all bullshit, ladies. If you seek more power in your career than you have today, you have the ability to get it. You know why? Because women are amazing human beings. We're intelligent. We have a natural ability to invest certain pieces of ourselves where it needs to go in that moment. So hello, we can balance work and home life. Obviously, we can demand that our voices are heard. We can be assertive. We can stick up for ourselves. We can ask for those promotions. We can negotiate those raises because it's what we deserve. And we can show that we're strong and that we're capable. How exactly do we break the stigma so that we do rise to the top? I firmly am somebody who believes that knowledge is power. I think that it's important for women to be competitive in a man's world. And while it does not take a college education to be an intelligent, powerful competitive woman, I do think that it helps. 
I think that even little things like taking workshops or webinars, just anything that could advance the knowledge that we have and can help us to kind of mold and refine our skills is so important. We can balance home life and our careers. It can be tricky sometimes, especially if we're really busy or we have other things going on besides, you know, being a wife or a partner or raising children and our careers. Sometimes we have hobbies or other things that we like to do that take up our time. So it can be challenging multitasking and juggling everything. But we do it because we can. Many, many years ago, when I was working at the call center, I was a single mom. I had three young children at home, babies, like my youngest was a year old at that time. And my oldest was seven. So I had three young uh, children at home. I used to work 10 hour days, pick up the kids from daycare, go home, cook, bathe, spend time with them, read them books, play with them, everything, tuck them into bed at bedtime, and then go sit and work on my laptop and finish projects and things for work um, until like midnight, one in the morning, and then wake up the next morning at 5 a.m. and start all over. And that's what I did. I was grinding it out. Of course, I was much younger than I am today. I don't think I could do that today. I think I would just be way too exhausted. (laughs) But still, I made it happen and I was all in, all in as a mother and all in in my career. But I found a way and I found a way that for me at that time worked. We are absolutely capable of finding the way. Trust me, ladies. We have to be proactive. So attending networking events, taking workshops, like I said, even getting out in the community and volunteering. A lot of ways that we meet people who are professionally like-minded is to get out in the community outside of our jobs. There are things like meetups or conferences that come to town. We live here in Jacksonville. There's a women's conference that comes to town every year and hundreds of thousands of women come to the area just to network and meet other professional like-minded women. We've got to get out and broaden our horizons so that we're able to make the connections needed. And yes, connections are needed. It's so important to be able to connect with other like-minded women, whether it's in your personal life, your educational life, or your professional life. It's so important to have that tribe. We've got to find our voices. There is no fear in assertiveness, ladies. Fear does not belong in speaking up for ourselves. Like I said earlier, things like rejection or being told that my idea wasn't what they were looking for or I wasn't right for the position or whatever it was, those things motivated me. I was like, yeah, the hell right. Yes, I am. You just don't know it, but I'll show you. I've kind of been a little bit of a rebel in that way most of my life. My parents will attest to that. (laughs) But that quality of I'm not taking no for an answer, you can't tell me no, has helped me in so many ways professionally. I am not afraid to sit at a table 
And this has happened to me many times where I'm the only woman in a room full of men and speak loudly and proudly about what whatever subject or topic of conversation it is and make sure that my voice is heard. If I know what I'm talking about or I know I have something valuable to bring to the table that could make a difference, I'm going to speak up and I'm going to speak up loudly and I'm going to speak up loudly. There's nothing, there is no one, there is nothing in those moments that can shut me up or can shut me down. Find your voice. Be assertive. Confidence is key. When we start to doubt ourselves and our abilities, or we start to say, well, I don't think they're going to like it anyway, or this idea probably just sounds really stupid, or... 15 other guys have applied for that position in operations management, and I just barely graduated college, so I probably won't get it. When we start to talk down to ourselves, what makes you think that no one else will do it? If we can't even boost our own confidence, certainly nobody else is going to help us. We have to have that confidence, that faith that we know we are it, that we know we belong there. Our voices are all that we have. Because let me tell you, in today's world, there is a lot of competition out there. Your resume and your education today isn't necessarily going to speak for itself or stand out enough. Not like it used to. Because today, so many people are educated. So many people have degrees. So many people are looking for jobs. So many people are qualified. So how do we make ourselves stand out above the rest? It's that confidence. It's that poise. It's knowing deep within ourselves that we're worth it and we deserve it and that we can do it and that we can rise to that challenge and to whatever it is, the expectation is that we can fulfill it. When you know that to the depths of your soul, you exude it automatically. Stay Stay tuned. tuned. For more empowering conversations on the Unspoken Cycle podcast. We have to demand what we deserve. We deserve opportunity. We deserve to have a chance, ladies. We deserve equality. We deserve fairness. And we deserve what Ever it is that we set out to accomplish, we deserve to achieve our goals. Demand that. Demand your seat at that table. We also have to respect each other and to respect our peers. One thing I mentioned a little while ago was in one of the positions that I held, there was a particular woman that I worked with who did not appreciate uh, the level of education and experience that I came into um, at a new company that I worked for. In that particular business, my goal was to get in wherever I could get in, and they weren't hiring for any management positions at, at that time. So I started in a kind of general um, role I was part of a team. I was doing paperwork and research and reconciling things and all sorts of other things. But I did it really well because I knew that I was just 
starting where I could start so that I could get to a different place in the company. That was my goal. So I made it very clear that my intention was to put my my best foot forward so that I could advance because I didn't want to do entry-level work. Well, the individual who was the lead of the team that I worked on didn't like it. And without sounding arrogant or anything, the reality is she was very intimidated. I came into an entry-level position with a degree and with an excellent resume. And she was there for other reasons and did not have some of the educational and professional experience that I did. I feel there was an intimidation factor happening. And ladies, I didn't give a shit about her. I did not care. I was there for me to do my best job so that I could tackle and achieve and move my way into that management position that I was seeking out when I was offered the job and accepted it. My eye was already on the prize. The prize was not the position I started in. The prize was the position that I knew I was going to get to. And it got ugly. She was a very mean, cruel, selfish person. I did not like working with her. But I had to suck it up and be a team player. But she was making my life hell every single day. Ladies, we have to stop the cattiness at the workplace. And we have to lean on each other as peers and be supportive of each other and encourage each other. Why should it piss me off if someone else gets a promotion or if someone else gets a raise? Obviously, they've earned it. They're entitled to that. I'm not the only person in this world. I'm not the only woman in this world who can be successful. So why am I not wanting that for someone else? Are they getting in my way? No. If I didn't get some of the things that I wanted when I wanted them, the timing wasn't right. So again, it motivated me to continue to pursue it. And if anything, on a different level, the cattiness in the workplace has to stop. Worry about what your goals are. It's so important for us to look past the competitiveness that sometimes comes with wanting to work hard and succeed in your career and to embrace camaraderie and sisterhood and just community and be there for each other. We should be lifting each other up. We should be encouraging each other to do better, go farther, rise higher, and not bring each other down and compete with each other. There are enough seats at the table, ladies, for all of us, trust me. Finally, one of the most important things, if not the most important thing, in my opinion, that women should embrace is empowerment in the workplace. Hold your head high. Embrace who you are. Know your worth. Value your education. Value your position and what you have to offer. If you don't wholeheartedly know what you have to offer and believe in yourself and your capability to do it and bring it, then no one else is going to. No one else will believe in you more than you can ever believe in yourself. Trust me. That confidence. That courage, that bravery, that empowerment, the boldness, that all comes from within first. Show the men in the world what you have and that you are not afraid 
to bring it to their table and then make that table yours. Claim your seat. Sit there proudly. Hold your head high. It's never if you can do this. It's only a matter of when you get to. Give yourself the credit that you deserve. Know what you have worked hard for. Degree or no degree, know your knowledge. Celebrate your intelligence. Put your best foot forward. Always, ladies, always. Don't allow the adversities in corporate America or in any position that you're going for to scare you away. I'm only where I'm at today because I fought for it. I was only able to manage an accounting department at the age of 24 because I brought it. I fought for it. I told them, this is what I'm worth. This is what I'm capable of. This is what I bring. And I want it. I can do it. And I was given a chance. And I never looked back. Sure, there have been ups and downs in my career. There have been difficult times. Things have happened that have been hurtful and hard. But I always rise back up to that challenge. The challenge motivates me. Just the other day, my daughter was asking me how I was able to deal with the transition from teenagehood to young adulthood because it's tough. She's in college and there's a lot going on. There's a lot of responsibility. You know, young adults have a lot of challenges in today's society and in today's culture. And my biggest piece of advice to her and to all young women her age and to just women everywhere is to let your failures and disappointments motivate you. Don't give up. Not everything in this world is going to go your way. You're not going to get every position you apply for. You're not going to get accepted into every program you try to get into. You might get demoted. You might be laid off. It may take a while before you financially are where you're at and you're as far as salary and everything else. It may feel like you'll never succeed or it'll never happen for you. Use those disappointments as motivators. That's what I did. And I'm not saying we all have to do it the same way. But when we allow those things to break us down and to convince us that we can't do it or that it's too hard or it's too stressful or we're too anxious about it, then we're never going to get what we want in life, ladies. We're never going to be successful. We will be the victims of our own circumstances. So push forward. Don't give up. There have been so many times in my life where giving up felt like it was the easiest, quickest, most reasonable option. But for whatever reasons, I didn't do that. And here I am today speaking to you about it. Demand respect. Demand that your voice be heard. And if it's not, speak louder. I am currently in a position in my career and in my self-employment and in my entrepreneurship where my voice is heard. I don't have to demand it anymore. 
it's respected. I sit at the same table as other well-educated, powerful men, and they come to me for knowledge, for my expertise, for my opinion, for my guidance. I no longer have to demand that those things are valued. I'm shown that they are. Be that woman. I didn't get to where I'm at by being meek and quiet and submissive. I am strong. My voice is loud. I am powerful. And you are too. You just have to believe that. There's a book that I would love for you to read called Hear Us Roar, Unapologetic Women Leading in Corporate America by Elizabeth Lyons. And I want to read you a quick description of the book. She writes, if you think you fall short in the confidence department, don't worry. Many of us do. Hear Us Roar is a woman's leadership book, which is perfect for new or seasoned leaders. Hear Us Roar will show you how to be respected as a female leader, how to navigate office politics, how to gain influential power instead of manipulating, how to gain mastery over your emotions at work, how to work with another woman you don't like, how to uncover the reasons why you aren't promoted, and understand the real reasons why men get ahead at work, and most importantly, how to support another woman at work and why that is critical to your success. We need the sisterhood. We need the camaraderie. But all of these things that she teaches are so critical to how far we allow ourselves to get and to how much we allow ourselves to accomplish. Grab yourself a copy and a highlighter and some sticky notes. Get ready to get to work and get ready to claim that table, not just a seat, ladies, because the table is ours. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Unspoken Cycle podcast. I have faith in y'all. I know what you can accomplish. I know what you can achieve. And even if you don't believe it today, I'm here to tell you, you are strong. You are brilliant. You are powerful. You are courageous. You are valued. Now go out into that world and show all the men who refuse to believe it that they're fucking crazy. (laughs) If you have not yet, please like and subscribe. And please venture over to the unspokencycle.com. Check out the community, ladies. It's free to join. There's an amazing membership full of perks waiting for you. And most importantly, a sisterhood ready to welcome you with open arms. Until next time, ladies, take care. Thank you for listening to The Unspoken Cycle with Leah Vaughn. Remember to embrace your female within and connect with our community at theunspokencycle.com. Until next time, take care.